My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is a Sunday Scaries podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. Over the last 18 months, travel has been something that's been put largely on the back burner. I personally always need something to look forward to, a vacation, a long weekend somewhere, or even just a night away. Those plans for me are what I think of when I want to calm my mind after a long or stressful day, and if those things aren't planned, that stagnation begins to set in. Luckily for me, today's guest knows a thing or two about planning vacations. In fact, I can't remember the last time I planned a trip without consulting her first. And as you'll learn, Katie Griffin started her boutique travel studio during a year when not a lot of us were leaving the house. Traveler, planner, and a great person to have a stiff drink with. Today, we welcome Katie to the podcast. Katie, welcome. Thanks so much, Will. Happy to be here. Katie, we're not just talking about travel today. Uh, I didn't tell you about this before, <laughs> but you were actually one of the first people to ever know about Sunday Scaries when I started it. That is true. You supported me throughout pretty much the entire process of me just like getting it started and getting off the ground. And you were really my confidant during that entire time. And I really can't appreciate it more. Thanks, Will. It means a lot to me. I mean, you've started your own company at this point, correct? Correct. So what is a travel designer? So it's basically, um, in a nutshell, I take all the planning away from you. Um, And then if you don't want the planning to be taken away from you, we can really work hand in hand. But I do anything from a weekend away, business trips for um, clients that are just traveling for work, or a 21-day honeymoon trip in Africa. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do everything from airfare to hotels to transfers to touring, all the logistics and all the concierge um, requests and then um, put it in a digital itinerary and support you throughout. So somebody, I mean, I've told people about your services. I've recommended people to you before and questions that I get are like, well, why would I go with a, a travel agent or travel designer when I could just go out and do this myself? Can you make the case for people so that I don't have to do that anymore? Sure. So it really just depends. Um, I know that when I plan for myself, it kind of takes the surprise and fun element out of it and I think that I can add that to a lot of trips um, where you're not the kind of the excitement is gone after the trip is done planning Um, the other thing that I can do is depending on where you're going and and when you're going I can certainly add amenities upgrades on arrival free breakfast um, a food and beverage credit um, stuff like that Um, and then also I just you know I've been in the business for five or six years now and so I definitely have a lot of knowledge where it can be a little hard to wade through everything that's on the internet and not really knowing what you're seeing if the reviews are true. I mean, something that I've just very much appreciated from our perspective as being travelers that use you is just being like, hey, we want to go to this place. Send us the best hotels. And your knowledge is just through the roof compared to anything that I would end up finding on Instagram. Do you take a lot of time that you have to like research and do these things? So I do spend a lot of time, you know, within the industry, like speaking to colleagues and kind of seeing what their experience has been. You know, I've sent clients to a lot of different properties all over the world, and I always ask for feedback. And if I've had a bad experience with a property, I'm not likely to send a client back. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a combination of, I would say, just the industry know-how from doing this for the past five years and talking to people who are in the industry, knowing the GMs of certain hotels across the world and and then just definitely putting a lot of time into research as well. Yeah. When, what were you doing before you started Lux and Nix? I mean, you, there was, had to have been something that caused you to say, hey, I want my life to revolve around travel. 
Yeah, so I was actually a, a, a finance and accounting recruiter before I got into the travel industry. Um, and I ended up doing working for an agency part-time while I was still in the recruiting business. And so I ended up traveling a lot and, and planning my own trips through them. And then uh, it ultimately became not only just like a full-time passion, but I wanted to help other people do it as well and just help them see the world and make it a seamless process because in certain trips, there are a lot of different moving pieces. Mm-hmm. When, when you started your company, you did it during the pandemic. Did did you just have faith that we were going to come out of it and you know you were going to be set up in a good position? Or were you scared to start it during the pandemic? I was scared to start a business kind of even like disregarding the pandemic, I think starting a business and really putting yourself out there is terrifying. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I would have regretted not doing it. So I guess the silver lining of COVID, if there is one, is that I canceled or rescheduled every trip that I had planned for the last two years. And so it gave me this window of time to really focus on starting a business instead of planning trips, which is what I was doing at the company I was with prior to starting my my own agency. Um, I did have a lot of faith that we'd come out of it. When was a big question. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still not out of it, but the demand for travel has definitely rebounded. It's it's intense right now. It's crazy. So I took a leap of faith and right now it's definitely paying off and it's exciting to, to help people travel again. Is this like the hottest time to travel of all time? <laughs> it might be. It's it's definitely, I mean, you're still dealing with a lot of restrictions depending on where, where clients want to go and rates are through the roof as hotels try to recoup kind of what they were losing during the pandemic and availability is really tough. So mm-hmm. like last minute bookings can be a really big challenge just because everything's booked. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like we we traveled safely during the pandemic and we used you for several things because we knew we wanted to stay at a hotel, make sure it was easy, whatever. And I mean, it was a lot of it was kind of last minute. It was like, okay, let's make this happen. And now it just seems like you'd have to book everything a year out. I'm a little stressed. (laughs) I would say if you're thinking about traveling in the next year to do it sooner rather than later. Okay, that's very good to know. So if somebody is your client, what does the start of the, I mean, what does the entire process look like? Uh, like take me through, uh, I know every client's probably different, has different needs, but say that somebody says, Hey, I want to go to Cabo San Lucas for a uh, vacation. Where would you start with them? And then how does that process go? Yeah. So if they know the destination already, it's, it's fairly straightforward. I, you know, I usually like to know their travel style, where they've traveled in the past, what hotels they've liked, what's really important to them, whether they like to just completely like veg it on the beach with a pina colada in hand or, you know, get out and be more active, do, you know, full day boat excursion, do some hiking, do some ATVing, you know, everyone's travel style is different. So I like to have a a really good understanding of kind of why they're traveling and and what they want to get out of their trip. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of it sometimes is narrowing down on the location and, and that kind of comes down to time of year. You know, some places aren't good to travel to. They have rainy seasons and rates can be certain, certainly super high during certain times of year. So I guess the in a nutshell, like I generally will, if I get a request from a new client, I'll generally have an introductory call. I like to know my clients as well as possible, even mm-hmm. down to like what their drink preference is. So um, and then we'll d- kind of go through a couple different brainstorming brainstorming sessions and itinerary iterations and then once they've um, decided on something uh, we'll get everything locked in for them and then 
usually about 30 days out, I will um, reconfirm everything with them, send all the final docs. And yeah, I do everything from restaurant reservations to spa appointments to, I mean, really, you name it. I just, it's a full service itinerary curation that I do. And how much does this cost the customer? So it, the trip will never be more expensive if you're booking through me. Yeah. Um, it it has to be apples to apples. So like if you're looking at a non-refundable room on Expedia, I, I don't book things like that. But yeah. if you're looking at like booking direct, a lot of times like I may have a better relationship with that supplier where I can offer you a better rate depending on the time of year. Like I cannot stress that enough. Or, you know, you get these added amenities like free breakfast or um, upgrade on arrival that while they're not necessarily decreasing your bottom line they they are technically saving you money because if you were to pay for that upgraded room Mm -hmm. you would be out a little bit more when it comes to travel trends right now it's kind of all over the map i mean do you have any favorite or popular destinations that you're looking at these days or where we can actually travel to these days that might be a good time to take advantage of that yeah i mean this past six months has been a ton of domestic the national parks are seeing a crazy boom in business from from americans which is great because you kind of do forget about the beauty of your own backyard Mm -hmm. mexico and the caribbean have been popular destinations just because um mexico is very easy to get to and the, the only covid test is coming back into the u.s the pcr test that's required but uh as europe is reopening it's definitely italy greece paris have been on top of mind for a lot of people. A lot of clients have missed traveling there. Um, And then, you know, Africa's open. um, But when it comes to countries that are open and COVID requirements, like I really would encourage people to work with a travel agent because the requirements change all the time as different countries are dealing with the different whatever's going on. So whatever their COVID rates are, if they have a spike, like they may shut down. And Mm -hmm. so if you don't want to be the one rescheduling all of your travel plans, we do that for you. Yeah, that sounds very nice. Um, <laughs> and then we also can stay more apprised on kind of what's changing and, and give you a heads up. Like we may need to rethink a different game plan. Is there anything that's like super Instagrammy popular that you just don't think is worth the 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 Hail Mary of planning a trip there? Or Not is it just really. to each their own? I, I think there's something for everyone. Um, and it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. Because I do think that there are people that they like to go to really Instagrammable hotels. Yeah. And I mean, I love hotels in general. They're all different. Um, I love a hotel with a sense of place. But no, there's nothing where I would say that it's completely overrated or, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are. That's why I truly get to know my clients, because I can say I just don't think that this property is right for what you're looking for. Yeah. But no, I would never say anything um, negative about a about a hotel. I think that's fair. I think people are spending good money to to spend their free time somewhere, and I don't think I mean, whatever. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. There's something for everyone. Well, we have a bunch of listener questions that I'm going to go through, but before we do, I want to hear from this week's sponsor, Theragun. Do not let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone just like me, just trying to make it through the day tension free, Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggested guided routines. 
Uh, my wife, Sally, will tell you that I make her Theragun my back all the time. I have terrible form on our Peloton, which causes me to have some back pain. And I have to say that even just five minutes of using the Theragun feels like an hour-long massage when you walk away from it. It's truly amazing. It's trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers, and most of all, me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at just $199. Go to theragun.com slash scaries right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash scaries. Theragun.com slash scaries. Katie, are you ready for some listener questions regarding travel? I am so ready. I'm excited. This one is quite popular in the list of questions. Is there really a best time to book flights? Is there any truth to if you look up a flight on your uh, browser and then you go back to it later that you actually like get a a higher rate the next time? So that's a tough question. Um, I wouldn't say that there is, it's kind of a, like an art form booking airfare. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, airlines open up tickets a year in advance, and that's likely when they're going to be the best pricing. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it depends on when you're trying to go. Uh, the most expensive time to go anywhere is between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to do a festive trip, um, book as far out as you can, um, and you'll be dealing with minimum night stays as well. But airline pricing is dynamic. So the more people that are looking at a flight and buying a flight will cause the ticket price to go up. Mm-hmm. If you have a lot of flexibility in dates and kind of where you want to go, you can set alerts on Skyscanner and Google Flights so that if for some reason the flights really drop, you can kind of lock it in at a at a lower rate. Um, and then, you know, I guess if you do have – sometimes it'll be a little bit lower, like at last minute, but usually it's much higher just because the people who are booking last minute don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, I've never found that booking on a Tuesday is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um the incognito trick, the incognito window trick has worked for me one or two times, but I, I wouldn't say. say it's consistent. I've tried and I've never been like blown away by the results. Right. Yeah. But you know, the one thing that I will say that travel agents work with airfare consolidators and they're people who really specialize in ticketing, um, air, air tickets. And while it's a, it's a small fee, they, um, they will be able to go into the back end and recode your ticket so that you do not have to wait on hold when you're trying to, ch- when your flight's been changed, canceled, or delayed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you book a flight through me and I book it through, or, I, or my partner helps me book your airfare and you're, you know, at the last day of your honeymoon and your flight gets canceled, you just shoot us a note and we take care of everything. Whereas you wouldn't want to spend the last day like on hold with Delta or something when wait lines are through the roof right now. The last day of vacation is always a tough pill to swallow anyway. And I don't think that people want to be on like the Southwest app, like refreshing and trying to get a hold of somebody the entire time. Yeah, it's definitely airfare is the one thing that's, you know, it's really unpredictable, especially right now. So the more people you have in your, you know, in your corner kind of fighting it out for you, the better, Mm -hmm. um, the better the experience will be for you. When it comes to upgrades, is it even worth trying to get an upgrade on a, on a flight, let's say, if you don't have status with that airline or anything? So it never hurts to ask, Mm -hmm. you know, if the flight's not completely sold out, they will generally give you a price. Generally, they will not do it for free. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, people who have status are obviously going to be upgraded before you. But I, um, it has worked for me before by asking. Yeah. Um, and one time it was complimentary. So I will always say just be respect and be polite. polite. And, um, you know, just there's no point in being rude to a gate agent because they're just doing their job. But I'm telling all of my clients right now as the, as the travel industry rebounds just to travel with grace. But a little bit of kindness can go a long way. And, yeah, it never hurts to ask. 
What do you think the best credit card for an avid traveler would be? There's probably a million different ways you could go about this, but if you've had any personal experience, I think that would probably be valuable. So if you're an avid traveler um, and you're okay with a high annual fee, I would definitely say the Chase Sapphire Reserve Mm -hmm. with the preferred being a close second or the Amex Platinum. I mean, the perks that they offer are really great. And I think that they make... um, they make up for kind of that high annual fee because those points do tend to rack up pretty quickly, especially on the Chase Sapphire Reserve. It's three times points on on travel and, and eating at restaurants. Um, and the big thing about, and this is a insider secret, but the big thing about booking with, with Chase is if you transfer your points, they book one-to-one. And so generally it will be like, say you look at a flight through the Chase portal on United it might be 70,000 points. But if you look on the United app, it's it could be anywhere from like 30 to 40,000 points. And so you just transfer them one-to-one. And so you they tend to be um, – it's not always the case, but generally it's better value to transfer instead of booking okay. through the Chase portal. Okay. Did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a free little bit of advice. <laughs> but if you – you know, that's something that I have a lot of experience doing. So the you know transferring can get a little confusing. So that's another reason why it can be valuable to use someone who has experience because once you transfer the points, they do not come back. So you need to, to be making sure you're serious about that booking. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the best airports for Sunday scaries, you're just, after a long trip, you're just going to the airport, you're dreading it, you might be hungover, you might just be exhausted, you might just not want to go home. What are the best and worst airports to spend a, uh, some time in for the Sunday scaries? So uh, best airports, um, I would probably say, you know, Doha in the Middle East is a gorgeous airport. It almost doesn't feel like an airport. The amenities are out of this world. Um, I also like London. I love Heathrow. Mm -hmm. Um, It has a lot going on. And, you know, even if you're there, you know, overnight, there's there's bound to be something that's open for you to hang out in if you, for some reason, um, you know, have a long layover or you're not in a business class uh, type of scenario where you have a lounge, but where you have that lounge access. Although those credit cards do offer lounge access. So if you do get those credit cards, the Chase Sapphire Reserve and, and the Amex, and I swear I'm not even being like, <laughs> I feel like I'm being like paid to advertise. No, them. I mean, it's it's valuable. Um, I mean, yeah. the reason I have a Amex Platinum is because we were going to travel a lot and then the, the pandemic hit. So I kind of just like, you know, Right. Swallowed the price of that, unfortunately. Yeah. But now that things are opening up, I'm like, okay, I'm glad I have this credit card and I've been using it and I've been reaping the benefits of it. it yeah. That travel is why I got it and that's yes. why I'm going to keep it. Yeah. Um. And then there's, I love small airports where you can show up, you know, 30 minutes before walk to the gate and get on the plane. Yeah. So it's just shout out to Northern Michigan, Pelston. <laughs> you can't go wrong. Um, what about the worst airports for it? Is there are there any that just like when you see that you have a connecting flight there, your stomach turns? Yeah, and I, I mean, they're redoing it, but LaGuardia is very high on that list for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I once had an eight-hour layover in LaGuardia because my flight was canceled, and I was like, there were no seats, there were no plugs. I was sitting in a chair next to my sister, and there was just a bucket collecting water dripping from the ceiling. Fun. Um, and then one time I spent an eight-hour layover in uh, Lagos, Nigeria, and that was not ideal. So those would be the two that I would say if you can avoid them, uh, maybe do so, but... You know, the, the airport uh, in Nigeria had a Heineken bar and, and they had <laughs> everything you that go. you want for a layover. So, yeah, you, you have to make the best of it. But there are definitely some much nicer airports than others. Yeah. 
when it comes to cities that might be overlooked by people, are there any that you think that, you know, people should be paying more attention to? Um, I know saying like, oh, the most underrated or overlooked cities, like that's a pretty big blanket statement. But for your taste and what you would want to do, do you think there's anything that, you know, people should be paying more attention to rather than just going to the same locations for vacation all the time? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on what you want to do. Again, I know that's soup. I keep saying it depends. But <laughs> until I know the client, it's really hard to give a like a really direct answer there. Um, I tend to not travel to cities because I, I like to be active in the outdoors. But um, and I lived in Chicago for almost 10 years. Um, domestically, I think Seattle is very underrated. Um, there's a lot to do there. Um, there's a good food scene and, you know, you're an hour outside of like Cascade National Park. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, Charleston is up there on my list. You know, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's underrated, but again, like an amazing food scene. There's some great like boutique hotels down there and you're only about, you know, 30 minutes from a beach if you want that beach experience. Uh, and then you can't go wrong with London, Paris, Tokyo, um, they're all different and so interesting with like amazing history, amazing hotels and like whatever you want to do is right there at your fingertip. You know, those cities, like they have everything that you could want, except maybe what I'm looking for, which is like going on a hike. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who had you plan a trip to London, uh, for us, I can wholeheartedly say that I, that was a great investment from our, my standpoint. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when it comes to, uh, just traveling, I think a lot of us have trouble when it comes to packing, uh, overpacking, whatever. What are some qualities that you look for in a good suitcase or a good weekender? So I will say that I never will carry like a duffel Mm -hmm. um, because it gets heavy. And then if you're running through the airport, it's like not ideal. So four wheels is huge for me. Yes. Um, You know, I I have an away bag. I love it. And they have a lifetime warranty. And, you know, I had a friend whose dog chewed her away bag and they still sent her a new one. So good customer service, I guess, is kind of a intangible if you might say Mm -hmm. um and then the ones that have the battery pack i mean obviously you can you can buy a portable battery but when it you could just pops in pops out and it's that's convenient as well especially if for some reason you you don't have an ideal plug situation and you have a long uh long layover so that would probably be the three things that are most important to me in a carry-on so you think away is worth the hype I definitely think Away is worth the hype. Um, I love my Away bag and I've had it for years now and it it's not any worse for the wear. We're also an Away family and Away is also a sponsor of this podcast and I swear that none of that was pre-planned. <laughs> I did not know that. Like we have, I mean, we have two Away, or I think we, we have two or three Away bags uh, and the second I got one from a sponsor, I was like, okay, I mean, this is great, a free suitcase. And then now that I have it, I'm like, oh, I never want to pack in anything else again. Yeah. It saved my life. Yeah, I bought one for my husband for Christmas, like the year after I got mine. Mm-hmm. And we are we are a hardcore and away family, and I am in no way sponsored by away. Uh, do you have any tips for solo travelers out there? I think a lot of people are just looking to get away at this point, and I think if there's ever a time to like go, I mean, I didn't do enough solo traveling when I was younger, and I wish I would have done more. Do you have any tips for people that might need a little nudge in the right direction when it comes to that? Yeah, I mean, um, I've done a lot of solo travel and I would say do your research. Like, I think it helps to know kind of where you're going, where you like even just um, setting up private transportation between if you're, you know, doing a multi-site trip to different places or even to and from the airport with like a company that you trust. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that can be a little bit scary. Uh, You know, in Mexico City, like you never want to get in a taxi. You always want to get an Uber. So mm-hmm. just kind of knowing that like those little small tips that make you just feel a little bit more at ease. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, 
you know, staying in and like, again, doing your research, staying in an area town where you feel comfortable. And, and it just depends where you are. You know, if you're going to you know, Florida, you know, on the beach, like your, your, your trip is going to be drastically different than, you know, a trip to Mexico city or even, you know, a, a backpacking trip through Europe. Mm-hmm. So I guess my biggest thing, and this is probably why I'm, uh, tr- uh, a big planner is just always be prepared, um, and, and kind of think through like, not necessarily worst case scenarios, but making sure you have everything you need in the event that you got stranded somewhere, or your flight gets delayed, or, um, you know, you're, you show up at a hotel that you don't like or something like that. I mean, there's a lot that can go wrong with travel. So I would just do your research or work with a travel agent. And, you know, if you're traveling solo, you know that I would, if I planned it for you, like I've got your back completely. So if yeah. something went wrong when you were traveling, I would do everything I could to make it right. Yeah. And then trip insurance. Is it worth it? It depends. Okay. Again, um, I, I, that's the like the one thing that it, my hand just shakes over the the box when it like comes to getting trip insurance, and I never know what to do. So going back to those credit cards, they offer a lot in in like the form of trip insurance. So it's worth looking. I always um, will quote trip insurance, and my clients can compare between like a an outside provider like Allianz or Travelex or even AIG, um, and then kind of the trip insurance through. Um, Chase and Amex, you know, some, some protection is better than none, Yeah. but um, they cover a lot and they don't cover a lot. Mm-hmm. So you never know what's going to happen uh, on a trip, but it does give you a little bit, bit of peace of mind for, for um, just using those credit cards. You know, you're covered somewhat. Yeah. Um, you know, it was difficult because pandemics were not covered under trip insurance. So that was something that was um, really tough for a lot of oh, clients that was, last year. Yeah, I can only imagine. We we were on the precipice of planning a lot of stuff. And I'm really glad that we didn't plan yeah. it at that time because, I mean, it would it would have been a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of insurance companies are changing it now to, like, include COVID and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would just, again, do your research. And, and again, a little, a little bit of backup goes, can't it can go a long way. Yeah. So this was another question or this kind of group of questions was a very big theme of what people wanted to know. What is the best time to get to the airport, whether it's domestic versus international? Are there any days, whether it's a holiday or just like a weekday, that's better to travel on because it might not be as busy or just it might be a little more simple or there just if there's certain days of the year that are easier and cheaper from your experience. uh, I'm just going to throw that all at you and let you handle handle it. So I would say right now, get to the airport early. Yeah. Uh, airports are extremely understaffed. And, um, you know, I would say at least, I would say two hours is cutting it close for an international flight right now. Yeah. That being said, if you're not checking a bag and you have TSA pre-check, I'm going to have a very different answer for you. Mm-hmm. But um, I've just seen um, images from other people in the industry and, you know, in the news of airports just being kind of completely jam-packed and having you know hour waits to even check a bag because a lot of these airlines had to like unfortunately lay off people Mm -hmm. during the pandemic and they're working really hard to bring them back but the surge in travel is definitely outpacing re kind of um engaging the employees that were you know either on sabbatical or took you know unfortunately were laid off and so that's again why i'm telling all my clients to travel with grace because these hotels and airlines they're they're definitely trying to do their best yeah um, but right now I would definitely say get to the airport early, have a drink. It's better than not missing your flight. And then, um, with regards to days of the week, again, it depends on where you're going. Um, you know, 
the airports are going to be busier in summer and over the holidays. Um, I always tell clients, like, if they can avoid traveling on spring break, if you don't have kids, you know, don't travel on, around spring break or Easter. Made that mistake a few years ago. Yeah. Like, we had a trip for work, and we had no clue. When we showed up to the airport, it was just full of kids and mm-hmm. parents, and it was just an absolute nightmare. We realized, oh, yep, spring break. Spring break, Easter, you know, the longer weekends, like, they're, um, you know, Martin Luther King Day, President's Day, like, People tend to have date whenever people have like bank holidays or days off and they have a, f- a finite amount of vacation days, you can expect more people to be at the airport and rates to be higher. Mm-hmm. So if you have flexibility with your vacation days and, and when you can travel, I would say off peak, you know, fall and, um, you know, after spring break, May is a great time that I personally like to travel. Mm-hmm. And then depending on, again, where you're going in the time of year, like shoulder season can be a really great time just like I was talking to Sally about Italy like the coast can be really really amazing like the Amalfi Coast you know mid-September to early October before everything shuts down and kids are back in school and you know it's not that peak like summer holiday season in Italy so again it depends on the destination and going back to in the time of year so I guess went up on a tangent there but um <laughs> but yeah no um, I think that answers it pretty well I yeah. mean everyone wants to try to find a time where you don't have to fight through the lines and I will say I mean you and I are sitting right now in Harbor Springs Michigan and we flew up from Austin last week and the airport the airport wasn't as bad as people said but we also flew out on a weekday in the afternoon but as someone who's flown out of Austin recently in the morning, it is absolutely packed and miserable. Right. It's impossible. Yeah. Uh, the final question that we had from listeners. What are your top three must-have carry-on items? My top three are, um, well, I learn a lot from your wife, Sally. I'm a big Sal Gals fan. <laughs> um, but definitely sanitizing wipes. I did that even before COVID. Um, I wiped down the seat and I wiped down the tray table, especially for a long haul flight. It's just nice to feel like you have a clean little space. Well, and it's like if you can eliminate germs in the first leg of your trip and not get like even risk getting sick, why not just do it? Exactly. It's just it's so great. I mean, it's it's so great that like they're everywhere now. Right. Yep. Um, and then sleep mask definitely. Ooh. Okay. Um, and. I, I sleep with a sleep mask every night. I'm a, su- a super sensitive sleeper. So that might be like a savage move. I'm not sure. But um, a sleep mask for blocking out the light, especially on long flights. I mean, in business class, they'll give you one. But um, I just have a nice sleep mask that I like. And then I would say a uh, facial mist. You Ooh. get really dehydrated on planes. And it's nice to like wake up. You know you're going to be, especially on long haul flights, like you're going to be dealing with some jet lag. You're dehydrated. It gives you just a nice little spritz before you step off the plane. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of that just on a, just when I'm feeling kind of bad about myself around the apartment. So I think, yeah, I think I need to start bringing it on the plane. Yeah. And then obviously a uh, charger and your passport. And if you, if your passport is about to expire, get on that because passport <sighs> processing times are insane. I saw a guy uh, traveling and they pretty much told him at the gate that he was going to be in trouble on his return leg. And I, it, I, the amount of dread that I had just thinking about his situation made me feel so terrible for him. He was trying to travel to like, I mean, he had probably had a 14 hour flight ahead of him and I just felt so bad for him. Well, a lot of people don't realize that different countries have different regulations for your passports and a lot of them require that they your passport be valid six months after travel. Mm-hmm. So even if it's you know not going to expire when you're on your trip, they can still deny you. Yeah. So like it's worth looking at your 
expiration date and and making sure that and then you can go to the state department's website and they'll have every passport like validity two blank pages stuff like that so a lot of people don't know that and it it, they can actually deny you on the outbound too so they could just say you're not going what a nightmare yeah it would be be the worst case scenario (laughs) well before we uh do the sunday questions let's hear from this week's sponsor honey we all shop online. We've all seen that promo, field, promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is a free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from anything from tech to gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. All you have to do is go on your favorite site up when, and then when you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons, wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons they can find for that site. And boom, when it finds a working coupon, you'll just watch the prices drop. I have used this pretty much every single time that I shop online. And whenever it works, it is just a absolute delight for my day. Uh, I saved money from anything to from my tuxedo for my wedding to uh, I bought a new fly rod recently that I got a little discount on. It was wonderful. Uh, Honey has found it's over 17, 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. And if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I'd never recommend something I don't use. And I definitely use Honey. So go get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash scaries. That's joinhoney.com slash scaries. Katie, you ready for some Sunday questions? I am. What is your ideal Sunday outfit? My ideal Sunday outfit is um, the OV cloud knit long sleeve. Oh, yeah. I just talked about those last in last week's uh, podcast. Um, And the uh, monochrome shorts. I'd like a monochrome outfit, but Mm -hmm. I've. And this is not a plug either. I love my scary sweatshirt. My (laughs) husband is like, when are you going to wash that thing? So uh, that would be. And then a pair of um, like uh, tube sock bombas. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, Do you drink coffee? And if so, how do you take your coffee? I do drink coffee. um, And I make an AeroPress every morning. Recently, I've been doing it over ice with just a splash of cream. And um, it's it's making my morning routine quite nice. I think I might. I've, I've been seeing AeroPresses around a lot. And we have one, but we've replaced it lately. And I think I might need to dip in and get a get a, a cup of uh, the classic AeroPress coffee that we were making through quarantine the entire time. It's great for travel, too. You can throw yeah. an AeroPress in your suitcase. It's easy. No problem. Uh, how do you take your eggs? Um, it depends. I, um, it depends on how I'm feeling, but I love, um, an over easy egg on sourdough with some microgreens and pesto. Oh, that sounds nice. I mean, I guess it's not scrambled eggs. It's over easy, but I thought you, you kind of skewed Fraser diet when you do the, uh, the greens. (laughs) Uh, do you have any go-to Sunday movies or television shows for when you're just kind of feeling lazy and down? I have recently gotten into Love Island and Music my, my sister just completely like got me addicted to Love Island. So I have <laughs> been cruising through that on Sunday. What season are you on right now? I'm embarrassed to admit that I'm on season five. Uh, who, who are the main players in season five? Molly May and oh, Tommy now Fury. Now we're talking. Uh, even more embarrassed. This is an even more embarrassing admission than what you just did. Uh, Sally and I just got done rewatching that entire season, so we've now seen it twice. Which is, I mean, <laughs> the twists and turns don't exactly uh, hit the same. Yeah, my sister claims it's the best season. So it's, it is objectively. But, yeah, I love to read too, but you know, if you if you're having a devastating Sunday, Love Island is how it, how it goes. I've never had the pleasure of asking this next question while I'm actually near the refrigerator, but if 
if I opened your refrigerator right now, what would I find inside it? Oh my gosh, it's so empty. I mean, we've had friends up for the past, you know, it's just after the 4th of July. So it's pretty empty, but there's a alkalizing water filter and some local Michigan strawberries. And probably some probably some beers that people have brought over and just left I over. I think that they might be all gone. Oh, th- I'd love to hear that. <laughs> At least they're going to good use. Uh, do you have any coping mechanisms or things that just relax you in general? Um, I do believe in meditation. I love the Calm app mm-hmm. um, or just simple breathing exercise if I'm feeling stressed. Yeah. Um, and then... I'm a big fan of hiking and mm-hmm. nature bathing, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I have a two and a half year old English setter and we spend a lot of time on the trails up here and, and we just spent the last six months in California. So probably just meditating and, and being outside and exercising are the two things that, that really calm me down. I love it. I mean, your your dog Wild is uh, pretty calm right now. So <laughs> I mean, things seem to be working. Uh, what's on your bedside table? Um, on my bedside table is a hydro flask with a straw and a um that might be the only thing a charger and that's probably it it's a really small bedside table and i tend to knock things off in the middle of the night so that stresses me out i don't know why it's probably because i had a small bedside table for like 10 years and i find we sally finally made us upgrade to better bedside tables but like small bedside tables just stress me out at this point. Yeah. It's, and my husband is not happy when I make, when I wake him up in the middle of the night because my phone falls off. Because you're like, you just hear the hydro flask like hit the wall. <laughs> uh, final question, Katie. What does your ideal Sunday consist of? I, my ideal Sunday, I mean, if it's a sunny day, I'll probably wake up, have a coffee with my husband, and then we will go on a hike. And then if it's really nice, maybe play nine or go out on the boat. That's obviously very seasonal, Um, but as as, if I can be outside and the sun is shining, I'm going to be happy. I love it. I love it. No lazy Sundays around here, unless you know you need it. Yes. Uh, Katie, where can the people uh, at home follow you? Follow your business. Follow everything. So yeah, my business is called Lux and Nix. L U X E and N Y X roughly translates to day and night, Mm -hmm. and um, that's my Instagram name website's the same and then my personal instagram is paris p-a-r-r-i-s-k-e risky that's because that was your last name not because you just love paris right no yeah it was my maiden name (laughs) well katie thank you so much this was long overdue and like i said you are such an instrumental person in giving me the nudge in the right direction to like pursue all of this and without you i I truly don't think that i would even be doing this as a job anymore Thanks, Will. Thanks for having me. Yes. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about the podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter at Sundayscaries and Instagram, which is at Sunday.scaries. Or you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your sending candles. See you next Sunday.